It is Friday night, and the mood is right. Well, I'm having some fun. Show how it's done. TGIF. Welcome to week number 232 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Hola, Steve. Hola, what's up? You in Mexico? Ciudad de Mexico. Is that Mexico City? That is Mexico City. Yeah. Estoy in Mexico, la ciudad de Mexico. Cool. How is it? Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. I'm here, back in Virginia. Travis is in Mexico. Is it hot down there? It's very nice. It's beautiful weather. Yeah. Um, we're talking about some episodes, though. Just a couple of them. Uh, there were two reruns this week, so we Little, just got... Yeah. Uh, Boy Meets World and Step by Step to talk about that. But before we do, thank you to Philippe for the theme song this week. Gracias, Philippe. TGIFcast at gmail.com. If you want to email in your version of the theme song, do it however you want, too. We don't care. Instrument it. Sing it. Whatever. Make it. Maracas, send it. Mariachi band. We will play it. Um, yes, we will. Also, well... Thanks, Philippe. When do these episodes air? 94, I know. Yeah. That. 1994. Yep, that's it. 94. No, February 25th, Friday night, 1994. Uh, as always, before we get into the episodes, we do like to see what was going on in the world uh, 30 years ago. And uh, we're doing that this week, too. And uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Pope John Paul II didn't like gay people. Yeah. He demanded... Uh, juristic discrimination of homosexuals. So that guy, I don't know what that means. I think he just. I, wish... I think that's demanding that everyone else hate gay people. That's stupid. what a that's messed awful. up story, right? It's yeah, awful. Yeah. So um, that guy's dead, right? He's dead. Good. Well, I don't like to wish death on anybody, but I'm not wishing also... death. I'm just glad he's dead. Okay. February twenty third. This guy's probably dead too, but uh. That's not the story's about. Uh, I think we talked about a few weeks, maybe a couple months ago, that the Indians were getting a new stadium, the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed rate field. So um, the owner of the Indians actually paid $10 million to get the uh, park named after him. So they called it Jacobs Field. on, uh, or That, that was going to be the name on February 23rd as the owner announced that he was paying $10 million to name the field Jacobs Field. And uh, then, like, the next day, they unveiled, like, the new uh, Cleveland Indians Park scoreboard and everything. So it was kind of like he, he like, bought the naming, the naming rights. rights. Yeah. Okay. It's progressive field, not a guaranteed rate. I can't remember what field that is. What stadium that is. But oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting little story. Yeah. That's all I got. What about movies and music? More Celine Dion? More Celine Dion. Same Celine Dion. The greatest Canadian performer in the history of mankind, Celine Dion. Hmm um number week number two for the power of love so thank you celine for being a part of our lives would you call wayne gretzky a performer uh no i wouldn't but i mean i guess he's been in movies but uh performs on ice but he's not better than celine dion either (laughs) no matter how how you cut it uh so yeah there's that um movie new movie uh unfortunately it is just two weeks for ace ventura well Trust me, this movie doesn't stick around very long. All right. uh, it is the horrible, horrible, horrible Steven Seagal movie, 
on Deadly Ground. Uh, it's that bad? Direct. Oh, it's horrible. Directed by Steven Seagal. Uh, evidently, he did not get his, he almost didn't get his pay his director's uh, salary for it because it went over budget. But he negotiated with the studio, and uh, they said we'll give it to you if you promise to be in this other movie as a as a supporting character. What's the setting of this movie? Uh, Alaska. He is a like like expert firefighter, like for oil rigs and stuff. And Lots he... of fires and explosions in this movie. Uh, I mean, some. I was trying to figure out where the money went to. Well, the money went, I mean, obviously, a lot of the money probably just went to production. I mean, they film, like, in the snow of Alaska. Uh-huh. Like, so it's not, like, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, it, you know, you got, you got remote locations. You got all this. There's definitely huge explosions. Um, and he, he, like, finds out that there's all this corruption, evilness in the oil industry. Go figure. Uh, and he, so he, he sets out to, to you know to resolve that to fix that so it was nominated for awesome. a bunch what? of really golden raspberries oh um, for being the worst won. movie yeah he won for worst director so <laughs> i'm not surprised i, I don't like steven seagal at all even a little bit is he a bad person i don't think he's a great person i don't think he is a i think generally he is not considered to be a good person um but i will also say like his movies are just bad like he is a you bad just hate him as an actor, actor. I mean, I, I don't think I like him as a person, but if I remember correctly, I don't want to like commit to anything. Right but you now. hate him as an actor. I can't stand him as an actor. I think his movies are bad. I think you know what you know. You what wish him to die is what you're saying. I don't wish him to die. No. You know what I think makes me the most angry about his movies is that they're good movies. He he's in good movies. He is just so bad that he brings down the quality of the entire movie. Like. So like, if Chuck I, I Norris like, was in this movie instead of Steven. No, Seagal, I don't like Chuck Norris either. But Chuck Norris is a better, is a much better martial artist and fighter than than Steven Seagal. I'd rather watch Chuck Norris do martial arts than I'd re- than Steven Seagal do martial arts. Hmm. What about John Claude um, Van Damme? I, don't, I think I don't mind John Claude Van Damme as much. Um, I just really don't like Steven Seagal. But you know, like people, who is that one? There's that one guy who was who. Was it a oh, Dolph man, I'm not gonna remember is it? No, 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 no. Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. Sylvester Stallone. No, I know their names off the top of my head. Uh, oh man, I'm not gonna remember this right now. Which Expendables movie was he in? He was in maybe the first or second one. If he was in any of them, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Am I gonna be able to pull this up? Oh man, I mean, it, it was a black dude who was like a Wesley like a martial Snipes. arts actor. No, no. Jet Li. Um, hold on, hold on. Uh, what was that guy? Let's see. Let me see if I can find this here. Oh, I think this. Is, I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy. No, that's not the guy. Oh my god. Tracy Morgan. No. Michael Jai White. Michael oh. Jai White is who I'm thinking of. That you'd rather have in this movie instead of Stephen. That I wish was. Uh, I wish he was like a big deal in the '90s for for like martial arts movies and not people like Steven Seagal. Michael J. White is an awesome martial artist and he deserves the kind of credit that Steven Seagal gets. That's my point. All right. Good point. He's in good movies. He just is so bad that he brings those movies down and it makes me, it frustrates me, obviously. Any birthdays this week? Yeah. One, uh, legacy. Seagal's birthday. No, I don't even know when his birthday is. Legacy birthday. Uh, Bill Krugenbauer. Happy birthday. Bill Monday, February 19th. Have a good one, Bill. Have a good one. Do, uh, do something cool. Sure. You will. Maybe. All right. 
You ready to get in some episodes? I think we're there, right? Do it. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to see what Steven Seagal's birthday is now. We do start off at our normal 8 o'clock show. Or no, Boy Meets World's on the 8.30, right? Right now? 8.30. Yep. 8.30. No family matters. Boy Meets World, 8.30, season one, episode 17. The Fugitive is the name of this episode. It starts off. Um, Alan gets home to uh, Corey, and Corey wants to go out and play baseball. And it is storming real bad. Like, Pouring down. Bad. Here. Don't even know. I mean, Corey's a kid. I guess that's why he wants to go out and play in the rain. But anyways. Well, he says, he's like, I have been inside all day. I need to get outside. I need to do something. I don't care. I don't what care does Alan tell him to do? Go upstairs and find something to do? Yeah, just do something else. So, um, yeah, Corey goes up to his room. And uh, wet Sean's there. Like, Sean snuck into his room. He's upstairs. And uh, you find out the cops are after him. Maybe even the FBI. He's being hunted. He's a hunted man. And, uh, Corey, uh, he's, he doesn't, I don't know if he tells him exactly what he did at this point, but he's like, you want to help me after, out? After the, after the credits, he comes in and does. He's like, you want to help me out? You want to get in on this? And he's like, uh, yeah, FBI, I'm in. Yeah, so, Corey's excited. Yeah. Um, theme song, we come back to Sean telling Corey, you can't tell anyone that I'm here. No one can know, especially my parents. I'm a fugitive now. See, what happened was I had this cherry bomb in my pocket, and I don't really understand how this happened, but he lit it. Here's the thing. Had to get rid Sean of it Sean had this cherry bomb and was like, I gotta light this cherry bomb. I gotta light this cherry bomb. It was just gnawing at him that he had to light this cherry bomb. So and he lights so it, right? He lights it, and then he realizes, oh, no. What am I going to do with this idea. cherry bomb? I don't have anything to do with it. And, he make, he, and, and you know, he... Corey's like, well, why didn't you throw it? And, and Sean says the very reasonable thing of like, there were people around. I didn't want to hurt anybody. Um, so I just threw it in the mailbox. Yeah, put it in the mailbox. And then it exploded. And then there's fire. And everyone's mail's on fire. And then the cops came after me. And now I'm on the run from the cops. Poor Sean. And I'm worried that I am going to be in a lot of trouble at home. I would say so, yeah. So, Corey, what I need you to do is just help me. I need you. I need to hide out here until I can figure out what to do next. Okay. Yeah, and and I think Sean is is particularly concerned about the, the parents, the, right? the parents, and how they're gonna what might happen. Which is, I, I don't think that they really, <coughs> I don't think they explore that enough in this episode. That's my one complaint with this episode is that oh. I, I think that Sean's trying to make valid points that aren't really being listened to about his parents and the way they treat him. So Corey's like, uh, yeah, I can hide you here, but uh, I'm a little worried that you're going to be found out. <clears throat> my uh, parents are real good at f- figuring these things out, and uh, I'll do my best. Yes. So he and goes down for dinner. And Sean's like, hey, be cool, man. <clears throat> Remember, be cool. You're not going to be in cool. Be cool. And dinner starts, and Corey is the opposite of being cool. He is being exactly. super awkward, and uh, just like Sean expected. And... I think they hear a noise upstairs, so we know that uh, Corey's parents think something's going on immediately. We can tell. I mean, it it couldn't it couldn't be more obvious. His dad grounds him and says, "I don't know what you've done, but obviously you've done something." And then uh, Corey grabs a plate of food and takes it with him upstairs. A giant plate of food that is filled for is enough for five people. Yeah. So he brings Sean the food. Um. They have a little bit of a conversation, still like trying to figure out what to do. And uh, Eric comes upstairs, and Eric thinks that Corey's hiding a puppy. That's what he thinks is going on. Because did he do that at some point when he was a kid? Is that what he said? 
Yes. Yeah, he, he did. So Corey is still trying to hide Sean from Eric as well. Um, I think Corey goes into the bathroom and then Eric and then Eric sees Sean. Does that kind of sound right? Well, because there's this whole thing where like Eric, Eric's coming up. Sean is hiding behind the door. Eric comes in while he's talking and facing away from the door. He's talking to Corey and, and Sean goes into the bathroom and then Eric's about to go into the bathroom and Corey's like, oh, you're going into the bathroom. Oh, where was that? Eric? I don't know. Anyways, somehow what happens is Eric Sean finds Sean, out, right? Well, Sean climbs out the window of the bathroom and thinks that he can climb back in the other window because Eric is doing something else. And Eric's right there. Sees him, catches him. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Eric tries to uh, bribe or blackmail, I guess, uh, Corey by making Corey do all of his chores to not say anything about Sean. Corey and Sean. Both of them. They're going to do both through his chores. Evidently. All right. So then we go to school. Um, The whole class is talking about Sean. Everyone knows that this cherry bomb thing happens, that Sean's in a lot of trouble, and that Sean never went home afterwards. Right. Topanga thinks that it was brave political stance that he was taking, and uh, Feeney thinks that Corey knows something. Right. Yeah, and he's trying to really, like, drill into him. And then for the class that day, they decide... He decides that they're going to read Telltale Heart. I have you read that? I mean, I haven't read it, but I know. Do you know what it's just, about? What is? What, yeah, what's the basically main this theme? I guess guy guy kills somebody, and there's he kind of hears this like uh, here's the heartbeat like in his brain. Like he he basically goes crazy because of hearing the guy's heart in his in his head. Remind it's it's about it's like the guilt the guilt yeah, is yeah. just getting at him. Yeah, Minkus is trying to like get the truth out of Corey too. I believe in the scene. Say that again. Minkus is trying to get like the truth out of Corey. Like he knows something. Oh, yeah. Corey yeah. knows something. Right, right. Yeah. And Feeney obviously knows something as well. So um, Feeney starts reading uh, this Poe. I'm guessing it's a short story. And uh, Corey is getting real nervous. And you can kind of like see the heart beating in his body. Right. So um, from here we go to Amy cleaning Corey's room. Obviously, she knows Sean is in there because she's like vacuuming underneath the bed and like trying to make noise and push things around. But Corey gets home and is still trying to cover for Sean. It's way funnier than that because she's like vacuuming and and Sean is hiding under the bed. And every time she like goes under the under the bed, it like smacks him. And he's like, ah, ah. but yeah. it's so loud that she can't hear it. So Amy goes downstairs because uh, Corey is not ready to give up Sean. And then uh, Sean and Corey talk once again. Uh, about what he's going to do, what he should do. Uh, Alan comes in to talk to Corey. I think uh, Eric or uh, Sean, Sean hides under the bed again at this point, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan keeps like jumping on the bed, like right on top of uh, Sean. And well, he's telling this whole story too about how like, or not, I guess not a story at this point, but he's telling a, giving a whole spiel about how, you know, Corey, I want you to know that if you did something like this, you could always come home and jumps on the bed. And he's like, you always have a place to come home. He's like really just trying to kind of drive home that that Sean should go. home. Yeah. And every time he jumps on the bed, kind of like with the vacuum, like he's like grunting in pain, like they know he's there. And for some reason, uh, Corey and Sean do not think that they know that he's there. Right. So, um, Alan also says that he knows that uh, that what Sean did. He knows about the mailbox, and uh, they can't really hide that anymore. No. He also says that he knows that 
Sean's in the house, right? Doesn't he say that? I, or maybe that maybe we just I don't think so. Okay. I don't think he says that. Um but he's like what Sean did is irresponsible um and it's really important like you said that he goes home. Like his right. parents are worried about him. Exactly. So I think Alan goes back downstairs and Sean comes out and he like pretty much tells Corey that he can't go home. Um I, and if I can't stay here, I got to go somewhere. And he jumps out the window and leaves. Well, no, that's not exactly. No. He, so he's like, you know, Corey's like, look, my dad, my dad is right. You need it. You really need to go home and do the, do the right thing. And Sean's like, I can't do that. And Corey's like, look, man, my dad, my dad will help. My dad can help fix this. My dad will knows, will know what to do. Let me talk to him. Sean's like, no, 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 don't do that. And Corey's like, no, it's okay. And he goes, he's like, dad, like, dad, dad, come here, come up here. And, and Sean's he like, jumps out, I'm right? out and jumps out the window. Yeah. All right, so now we've got the whole family uh, in the kitchen talking about Sean. And uh, Corey tells them that he's been hiding Sean out for this whole time. And they're like, yeah, we knew that already. But Corey's worried about Sean. Well, not only did they know that, but... Everyone. Feeney knew that because Feeney saw Sean sneaking in the first night and told his parents right away. Yeah, and they've already called Sean's parents too, right? Sean's parents know. Yep. Yeah. So... Corey is like, why didn't you guys just step in earlier and say something or do something? And they're like, well, we really wanted uh, you to help Sean make the right decision. Right. And they're like, Sean, I mean, he definitely has some rough edges. And uh, I mean, I know how that's like. I was kind of like that when I was a kid. And I had a friend that was a lot like you named Richie. And uh, they tell Corey, don't worry. Sean's going to get in touch with you once again. And when he does, uh, you'll know what to do. Yeah, and I think the moral of Alan's story, though, was like, you know, Richie helped to get me, like, you know, if it hadn't been for Richie, I would have continued down a path that was bad, but he helped me get on the right path, and that's why I'm here today. Yeah, like, sometimes friends are the most important thing you can have at this point, and like right. Richie was to Good me, friends. Good you friends. need to be like that to Sean. Right. So, we go to the school. Um, it's either late at night or like super like early in the morning i didn't i think it's late at night though right like i think it's like night on the weekend on the weekend yeah. um sean is ha or has been sleeping underneath of uh feeney's desk Seems like a bag. got like a Sleep? sleeping bag yeah um and feeney comes in and immediately finds sean and they talk and sean thinks that Corey uh pretty much ratted him out he does. And then Feeney kind of gives this whole spiel about friendship and about how, and you know, cause Sean's like, Oh, Corey, you know, Corey, Corey's a very loyal friend to you. He he's didn't a loyal rat friend. you out He'll at do all. Whatever. Yeah. And he's like, but you know, f like this canvas, it's strong, but if you have one little tear in it, it can break the whole thing. And you know, telling Sean, you got it. You can't take advantage of that. Yeah. And as this conversation is going on, Corey shows up and Sean, um, he's like, did you bring the stuff that I asked for? And he's like, Tosses him a backpack and like Sean goes into the backpack. He's like, wait a minute. There's nothing in here. Where's all the stuff I asked for? And he's like, well, um, I didn't bring it because your parents actually brought me here and they're downstairs. And he's like, what? You told them? How, how could you do this? And he's like, Sean, you have to go home. Go home and then come back on my side of the line. And... Sean's just worried. He's worried that he's going to get grounded for a year. He's like, fine, I'll see you in a year then. And he's like, I'm going to get killed. And he's like, we're only 12. We'll live again. Like, see, 
I, this is the part of this episode that I really struggle with okay. is because I, I feel like, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions here, but I feel like Sean, I feel like anybody, if they are, if they feel so desperate, like they, they feel the need to like run away as opposed to going home because of what they're worried about is going to happen to them at home. Maybe not probably, sending him home is the right answer. Right. There's probably pretty bad things happening at that home as far as like punishment goes yeah. and like, and I feel like they don't even begin to address that or talk about that. And, may, you know, they, maybe they don't, I don't know. I feel like they just jump to like, you got to go home no matter what you got to go home. And there's like so many parts of that that maybe need to be talked about before you get to just go home. Yeah. I mean, and one, maybe it does in later episodes or two, like maybe yeah. Corey already knows what's going on. Like maybe we don't know as the viewer what's going on, but maybe he knows enough to know that it's okay going home. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It just made me a little uncomfortable that everybody was like, no matter what, go home. That's the best place for you. When clearly Sean has a lot of concerns about what's going to happen if he goes home. Uh, we do have a credit scene here with the uh, family watching TV. Um, what happens here? Oh, um, Corey's like, what day is it today? And they're like, uh, it's the 19th. And he's like, the 19th. And then like the doorbell rings and it's Sean. He's not grounded anymore. <laughs> the 19th was the day that he's done. So they do a little dance. Looks like all's back to normal. And the power goes out, and uh, Amy's like, did you forget to pay the power bill, Alan? And he's like, no, I paid it. I put it in the mailbox. Oh, no. They caught on fire from the cherry bomb. Yeah. All right. So and, then, that's... And, then, and then in the dark, Sean runs out of the house because he knows he doesn't want to get yelled at. That's Boy Meets World. We then go into step-by-step, uh, -step, season three, episode 18, Nightmare Weekends is the name of this one. We got Dana in the kitchen. And she's uh, complaining that, like, egg yolks don't get cleaned off of the plates very well. And then shows the plate to Frank. Frank grabs out a power sander and starts sanding the plate. <laughs> egg yolk gone. And that, that's your unimportant intro to this episode. Problem solved. Uh, theme song afterwards. Uh, Carol is reminding Frank. Um, there's a very important day coming up. It's the three-year anniversary of the day that they met. And Carol is worried that Frank doesn't remember and that he just isn't as romantic as uh, she wants him to be. Right. And uh, he's like, don't worry. I will plan a romantic weekend. You don't have to do anything at all. And I will make it up to you and show you how romantic I can be. Exactly. So Frank and Carol, um, next scene, are now leaving for this weekend getaway. Um, the kids are all excited because they get to stay home with just them in control of the house pretty much and uh as soon as they leave uh the Lam lamberts right yeah they uh they put on chainsaw slumber party 2 into the vcr and uh everyone's crowding around the tv jt um gives dana our disc of the week right here we've already had it this oh no we haven't had it this week no Sorry, this is bad. it you're good put it on put it on i apologize all right right now <laughs> Go take a flea bath, Barky. <laughs> and then uh, Karen and Dana go upstairs, and Mark stays downstairs and acts like scary movies don't bother him at all. Well, not only that, he's saying like how stupid it is that it does bother cheesy anybody. effects and dumb yeah. stories, and they don't bother me at all. So Cody walks in at this point and immediately gets scared right after uh, Mark's explaining how scary movies aren't scary. 
And then uh, he's like, oh, man, you guys shouldn't watch this movie. This one's real bad. And then uh, Mark makes fun of the movie and then ends up going upstairs. Right. And then Al's like, you know what we should do? We should scare Mark. And then uh, Cody's like, I don't know. That's a bad idea. And they're, and then, but they all decide that that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're, like, we're going to show trauma. Yeah. We're going to show Mark what scary really means. So uh, the next scene is Mark in his room on his computer, sending out a fan letter to uh, the Baywatch producer to try to get a signed photo. <laughs> this is great. It was so random. And like, uh, it was great. And, uh, he keeps hearing a noise coming from the closet and uh here's it again goes and shuts well, not just a no not just a noise but door it opens freaking open and he closes it and it opens and he closes it and it opens yeah and then eventually the door shuts itself mark screams runs out of the room and we see it was just al in the closet yeah so he goes downstairs he's freaked out uh we go and check in frank check on Frank and Carol who are in their car on the way to this romantic getaway. Frank puts in a tape of uh, love songs. Um, I think Carol mentions, Oh, this is the so- a song that they played at our wedding. And Frank doesn't remember it at all. Now that's kind of the, the, the theme of the episode is he, he doesn't, he doesn't remember all these, these things. Dates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we also find out now that they are going to the uh, mountain peak lodge and Frank's like, yeah, this is where, uh, we went that one time, and she's like, I've never been to the Mountain Peak Lodge with you. I went to this whatever lodge. Like, anyway, so what's silly here is he, she's like, I've never been to the Mountain It wasn't the Mountain Peak Lodge. It was the Mountain View Lodge. Like, come on. Like, yeah. You can't give him that much crap for that. But, I mean, a little bit because he mixed them up because he went to the Mountain Peak Lodge with another woman before Carol, and that's why he got him confused. Yeah. He should have played that off a little bit better. So she's pissed. Um, after the commercial break, we see Frank and Carol arriving at the cabin. Um, it looks super nice in there, too. Like, looks like a great oh, yeah, getaway. It's, it's a great little spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but she doesn't want to be there. Um, he has tried calling all the local hotels. They are all booked up. We've seen that before on some episode, right? Of some show. Um, I mean, we've seen these this kind like of Like, they go to a hotel, and then they're trying to call all the hotels, and everything's booked up. I don't know yeah, what it was. Yeah. Something. So... She starts, like, he's trying to apologize. She starts to come to, but then a knock at the door, and it's the bellman. And he remembers Frank from the last time he was there, like, calling him, like, nice names and everything. And, like, he's like, yeah, we even renamed this cabin that you're in right now, cabin number seven, the Love Shack, to commemorate the last time you were here. And now Carol is real upset. It's like, I can't stay in the same room. Frank is trying to laugh it off, but Carol is not amused, and she's like, I'm going for a walk. So she goes out. We go back to the uh, house to check in on Mark, who is asleep, and he wakes up to some uh, scratching noises in the room. Uh, he tries to wake up JT and Brendan, but you know what? They're both dead. Blood all over Well, the over door, them. before that, the door is, like, rumbling. The, like, the closet door now is, like, shaking and rumbling, and that's when he freaks out and... Starts to wake up JT and Brendan. JT and Brendan are dead. Um, Al was in the closet again, making all the noises. And then Mark runs downstairs, screaming for Cody, who is awake, because it's the middle of the night, and Cody's awake always in the middle of the night. And uh, Cody, help me. And Cody's like, Mark, you need to chill out. The others are just messing with you. No one's dead. So Cody and Mark make a plan to get all of them back now. Gonna get even. 
Uh, checking the cabin once again, Carol gets back from her walk. She's like, Frank, I don't want to fight. I'm not mad, but I really just don't want to stay here. And he's like, well, we can leave. We'll go back home. But before we do, can I just show you something? And he pulls out his suitcase, pulls out this dress, and he's like, this dress right here, this is the dress that you were wearing the very first time I saw you. And she's like, oh, Frank, but I mean, that's not the dress when we first met. And he's like, ah, that's not what I said. I didn't say the dress when we first met. I said the dress when I first saw you. Don't forget, I used to be this creepy stalker guy, and I saw you at the fair, and then I got an appointment at your hair salon, and then I followed you to an island, and then don't forget about that. Small town Wisconsin. That's how things work. But she loves the story. There was no Facebook to like stalk her on. He's doing the best he can. And she asks him um, about some other memory, and he doesn't remember. And she's like, oh, you don't remember because it hasn't happened yet. And then they start making out, and then the creepy bellman is watching from the window. <laughs> Lots of creepiness. Doesn't he say, doesn't he be, give like a, like, yeah, go, yeah, go. Go cabin number seven. Yeah, or something like that. So back at the house, uh, we've got Brendan and JT and Al coming downstairs, uh, middle of the night. They're like woken up because the TV's on for some reason in the middle of the night. Um, the power goes out. Al and Brendan are freaking out a little bit about the power. They do get a flashlight and they start hearing noises all over the place and they go to check it out. Uh, there's obviously something on the couch. There's a blanket. Uh, they pull over, they take off this blanket that's on top of the, uh, buffet behind the couch and it is Mark's head. Someone cut off Mark's head and just (laughs) set it there on the table and they scream and run to the door. And as they open the door, it's a man in a hockey mask with a weed whacker that looks a whole lot like Cody. And they scream again. And then Karen and Dana are in on it. And they're hiding around the room in costumes. And wait a minute. It's not Dana. Dana's coming downstairs. It's someone else. Everyone screams. And <laughs> Dana's only left there behind with this other person that we don't know who it is. And it ends up being one of Dana's friends. And she's like, Tracy. I got everyone. She's the winner. I don't episode. understand the, the fear factor of all of this. Like <laughs> from the beginning, like when like when JT gets a knife, okay, maybe there's a little bit of like you, you're still in the moment. But then like, <laughs> excuse me, JT or uh, Brendan's like obviously rubber bloody arm. At that point, I've been like, oh, yeah, whatever. like you picked up the arm. It's not like yeah. it's sitting there bloody. It's like you <laughs> right. picked it up. Like you know it's right. a rubber arm. And then like if, so if I came downstairs and somebody's head was on the table. I don't think my first reaction would be to freak out. I would, because it's just not practical. Like that just doesn't. Let happen. me look under this table real quick and make sure your body's not underneath it. <laughs> All right, but yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. They uh, they just do like blooper scenes during the credits yeah, this time. Fun. So uh, just a couple different scenes from the episode and some like five ten second long bloopers. Yep. Okay. Um. So that's it. Uh, we're at the end. There's just two episodes this week. We got that was both of them, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we do rank them here. I don't know if we're going to be the same or not on this. Um, so, I go, look, I, you... I think I think Boy Meets World was by far a better episode. Okay. I got that at number one. Step by step, a couple problems I have that, hey, like none of the gags just were scary. Like, I don't think that they would actually be scary in real life. Um, I also like, why not do this for a Halloween? I, I was going like, to say that while we we're doing the episode. I'm like, why wasn't this at Halloween? Yeah. Like, why? Why do this now? Um, that, yeah. that bothered me. I just didn't seem very well thought out. So I have the same order as you. Um, step by step at two, Boy Meets World at one. I'm going to take a bigger stance on this, though. I'm going to say okay. this was the best episode of Boy Meets World we've seen so far. 
Ooh, I in seventeen I don't know. episodes. You know, okay, I'll give you that. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I probably have to like think about it a little bit more to really give you a hundred percent. But I, I, I loved it. Can... I thought it was great. I had no problems. Um, I don't. Yeah, my don't fa- my favorite is... so far. Fair enough. I'm with you. I can I can I can get on that bandwagon. Um. All right. So yeah, that like we said, just two episodes this week. What do we have coming up next week on the show though? Next week, two more episodes. What's Family Matters? We're almost to five. Galaxy Con too, aren't we? We're like real close. Is that's yeah? That is real close. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. So we, uh, we don't have we don't we don't know what date we're on yet. I'm sure we'll get that info very soon. But uh, we are going to be Galaxy Con. We're going to be doing a panel. We will let you guys know either on the show or on social media as soon as we have a date and time and everything. Yeah, and it is the the weekend of GalaxyCon is the fifteenth, March fifteenth through seventeenth. Yeah, so just, just a week so or two away, right? A couple weeks. When that is, yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. It's real close. Two weeks. Um, we should probably figure out what we're gonna do. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, so come see us there. We'll get like Steve said, we'll give you all the stuff once we have all the stuff. What uh, what are we watching next week for the show? So yeah, Family Matters season five, episode nineteen, and Hang with Mister Cooper. Season two, episode nineteen. So oh, that's two it. episodes. Boy Meets World, step by step on reruns. Okay. Uh, thanks to Philippe again for the theme song this week. Again, gracias, Philippe. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own version at TGIFcast on all social media. We'll be back with two new episodes next week, and then we will see you live in Richmond at Galaxy Con just a couple weeks away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It is Friday night, and the mood is right. So fun, so how it's done. TGIF. TBA podcast.